Welcome to Shell Hello, Logic, everyone, and welcome to our next podcast. This is LGBT Manga. My name is Glenn. I'm a librarian here at the Litchfield Park Branch, and I am joined by Tim. Uh, I'm a uh, library assistant here at the Litchfield Park Library. And our special guest today is Melanie. She is from the Sun City Fairway Branch. Melanie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Melanie. I'm a library assistant over at Sun City, and I'm also um, an author. And um, some of my books are available on Overdrive. I write a lot of LGBT romance. So Melanie is going to help us keep us grounded for this one, kind of help us keep us focused on the issues that are specific in these books about LGBT manga. And just to kind of give you guys a quick definition of what we view as LGBT manga, these are ones that have to specifically deal with the issues that are present in the community. So. Um, when I say LGBTQ, I do want to state that you know, sometimes I'll shorten it to LGBT or LGBTQ+, but I, I do mean the most inclusive sense of that possible, but sometimes I just clip words off because I'm trying to go talk too fast and my brain's not keeping up, so just to give that out there. But there are lots and lots of different kinds of the, uh, the gay manga out there, gay and lesbian, and not all of them I would consider LGBTQ. There's different genres or subgenres in manga things like boys love and girls love that kind of deal with these issues, not at all. They sort of exist in these fantasy realms where they're um, sort of fetishized or romanticized, and we're not gonna talk about those. So we're gonna talk about um, ones that really focus on the issues. So we're gonna go through four big titles. Most of these are award winners because they're so good. Um, and we're gonna start with, even though we're adults, we'll go into My Brother's Husband, and then Our Dreams at Dusk, and then finally finish off with Boys Run the Riot. So, Tim, do you want to introduce Even Though We're Adults for us? Yes. So, Even Though We're Adults is an interesting manga about a school teacher who goes out for a drink one night and she ends up meeting a woman and they spark up sort of like an instant romance. And then things things happen and it's revealed that the school teacher is also married to a man and we are sort of thrust into this very awkward, very, uh, very uh, particular uh, love triangle. And yeah, so that's, that's pretty much the gist of the plot. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little interesting to read this one. Um, it really deals with like problems, uh, especially in Japanese society where, and, and everyone where you, you get married before you really fully know who you are. And then maybe sometime down the road, you'll have an experience that really kind of opens your eyes. Yeah. And I think an interesting thing about this is that there's, I don't necessarily think there's any sort of bad guy in this situation, as opposed to like people who just have some, some things they need to work through. <laughs> And it's uh, even though we're adults is a very short uh, by volume manga, uh, even though it's not finished yet. So the chapters go very quickly and it feels like a lot of a lot of what could be solved in the manga is like one conversation away. <laughs> yeah. So, Melanie, what was your overall take on even though we're adults? I. What I took from it is absolutely the messiness of real life. Yeah. And how much you might be willing to shake up your life to get what you want or think you want. And I think a lot of people are caught in that you settle 
for someone because you're getting older or your mother-in-law is pressuring you to have children. And that's what I took away from, um, how do you say, Ayano? Yes. Yep. She was in a, a comfortable life, maybe a boring life, and she discovered something that maybe she didn't know about herself. And it shows that even adults in their 30s don't always have it figured out. And I didn't find it as much of a romance as a slice of life. Yeah. It, yeah. Like Tim said, there really were no villains here. Everyone was just trying to do the best they can. Um, I think readers should be aware of the cheating themes. A lot of um, yes. readers do not like that. And there were some biphobic statements from one of the characters yeah. that I think might impact uh, some readers. So just be aware of that when going into this. Thank you, Melanie. That is a great perspective. Yeah. And the, the cheating thing. And then there's there's some some weird controlling issues from the husband as well. Um, yeah. She, she says, like, I think we should end our relationship. And he just flat out says no. Yeah. And, you know, that that kind of that bothered me a little bit on a personal level. Yes. Yeah. And, and totally see that happening in real life, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just it's hard to read that sometimes because it's, it's kind of harsh and brutal. Yes. But reality often is. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that we say that there's no villains, but like as Melanie said, one of the spouses is cheating on her. Yeah, it's hard to see that in a good light, yeah. no matter no matter what your situation right. is. And her husband is, as Glenn said, uh, controlling in many aspects and just flat out refuses sometimes to listen to her. So while there are no villains, there aren't really heroes either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's that's real life. It's 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 very messy. Yeah. So I would I would definitely say even though adults is going to be the weakest of the four we're talking about, but it do, still does have some merit for reading it because it really does kind of it just shows you just how messy life is. Yes. And while Glenn says it's it's the weakest of the four, it's still pretty good. But that's just how good the others we're about to talk about are. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to dig into, um, I think, my favorite and probably Tim's as well, yes. uh, My yeah. Brother's Husband. So this one has won some awards in the Japanese literature community. Uh, and I believe uh, the uh, Eisner Awards as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So My Brother's Husband, it, This the sort of synopsis of this is that uh, a Japanese um, man had moved away from his brother and his family to Canada, and he married a man there, a large Canadian man. And um, it, this is all set in the past. And then the Japanese man dies, and so his, this Canadian man comes back to meet his twin brother in Japan. And then this is where our story picks up, is this uh, this man trying to introduce himself to his family that he never really knew and kind of started trying to get to know them and help resolve some of his um, his late husband's regrets that he had in life yes and i don't know if it if it outright says it in the manga but it's it's heavily implied throughout that the brothers are basically twins yeah no it says that it, it yeah. says it. yeah okay. and it, like the, the picture exactly the same yes yeah. and he's represented as his brother's shadow throughout most of the manga yeah yeah we usually only ever see the back of um, yes. the late husband yes um and it is it is a tremendous manga in that it deals with almost head-on various issues, both in culture overall, but also specifically Japanese culture when it comes to uh, LGBTQ issues. And you get various perspectives, like you get 
a young man who just needs somebody to talk to and having Mike, the, the Canadian husband there, um, to talk to means the entire world to this person. Yeah. And then you also have a friend of the, uh, the late husband who uh, has been in the closet his entire life. And that's, that's also a very big issue. And right. each of the chapters move through and start breaking down various topics while also dealing with the overarching story of the main character, uh, Yeji, um, coming to terms with his brother uh, and his brother's memory. Yeah. So, Melanie, what was your take on this one? This was absolutely my favorite one, too. Um, it's, it's the best. Read the, if you don't read anyone else, read this one. Yeah. I, I could not put it down, honestly. Um, it just flowed so well. It was so relatable. Um, I love um, the realism of this one as far as, like, sometimes people who, they're good people. They're, he, you know, Yechi was a good father, a good person, but... He had some biases that he didn't realize until the brother's husband um, came back and it made him challenge himself. And I loved how organically it went from strained to genuinely caring about each other, because in the end, we're all just people. Yeah. And, and um, he had a lot of preconceived notions that had led to their estrangement. And what really touched me, too, was the grief and loss that it wasn't a sad story, but there were times that um, it just brought it brought me a little bit to tears, you know, just the um, yeah. some of the feelings they were dealing with, with the grief and loss and realizing that it was too late. And um, but then there was someone in their life that was a connection that was a bridge between the two. So um, and I, this, oh, this story also deals with um, adolescence as well. So this is a family story. And so we do have a young child here um, yes. who's also coming to terms with what, what this means like she had an uncle that she never knew about and he's gay and she's like it was great okay. <laughs> yeah she is more interested in the fact that he's canadian yep yeah <laughs> uh, and so her innocence and and inquisitiveness was just perfect and it helped um bring out some some things in the in the narrative that yeah, was, she's she's juxtaposed with her father a lot because yeah. like she's so innocent and and questioning and and you know doesn't care about these things versus he, he's got the old old traditions that are weighing him down and so those are played off against one another to to great effect in this and and she's juxtaposed against her uh, the other kids in her school who don't necessarily have as even though yeah she's going through his own uh, coming to terms with things, other families and even some of the teachers at the school aren't aren't welcoming of uh, Mike and tell the kids not to, to play with her because she might be a bad influence, uh, or go over and see uh, go over to her house because they might meet Mike. So right. things like that come up. It's and it's interesting to see. Yaichi start to go, well, like, why wouldn't they come over here? He's not done anything wrong. Yeah, so a lot of the humor in this is played out through Yaichi's thoughts. So, you're like, you'll see, like, Yaichi, and he's got thought bubble in his head, but the thing he wants to say in this situation is just yeah. like, well, of course you can't do that. That's horrible. Like, people, what would people think? But then he says something else, and it's yeah. just, like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. The expressions yeah. were were so well drawn that you could just look and, and feel the character's emotions, especially during 
and grief parts. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and this story is really nice and tightly knit. It's only two larger size volumes, so you can probably get through this in just a matter of hours. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did. I just read and read until I finished. So yes, um, yeah. I I like I said. I love my brother's husband. It's it's a tremendous story. Um, as Glenn said, if you read any one of these, it's it should be this one. Yeah, and the ending of this, it, it's very real. Like issues are not necessarily resolved. They they end on a note of like maybe we'll see each other again. Maybe we won't. We live. 20 hours apart. I don't know how far Japan yes. is from Canada. Very far. Yes. <laughs> but the seeds have been planted, especially in the younger generation, right. by the visit. So I could see the daughter, you know, just being an ally going forward because, you know, she has experience now with that. Absolutely. I just loved the themes of we're all just people. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's big trying, to, trying to do life together. That's all. Yep. Yeah. So that was My Brother's Husband. That one is, the first volume of that one is available on Overdrive, um, unlike the rest of these that are not available on our digital resources. So that one, if you want it right away, you can check that one out on Overdrive. But now we'll get into Our Dreams at Dusk, and this is probably our heaviest of the topics we're gonna, or the, the books we're gonna talk about. Um, so just a quick content warning on this one, it does it does really dig into the serious, more serious problems. Um, uh, in the first couple of pages, one of the characters does contemplate committing suicide. So um, if that's something that would bother you, maybe steer clear of this one. Um, and the issues continue throughout this, like characters really get hit hard by society in this one and the prejudice that comes with being a member of the community. Yes, it's a very, the story is very like tightly woven, but the issues are very messy. Um, you have people who are out and open, who are dating people who are not. And you have people who are uh, very like outgoing, but also not necessarily being 100% truthful with themselves. Uh, and you have, uh, you have people coming to terms with their own, their own identities. And that's all very, very, very messy. Yeah, so the, the plot of this mostly follows kind of our main hero who's a high school student who um, who's come to realize that he's gay and he sort of gets outed at school and this is a huge problem for him. And he, he sort of stumbles upon this uh, this community house that is full of um, people in, in like him that are LGBTQ members. And it's sort of, we sort of get to know him and his relationships and interactions with those fellow members. And those members are truly from all walks of that community. From yeah. Lesbians to bisexuals to asexuals, so yes, quite quite a diverse group there. Yes, um, and you also have you also have people on the outside who are looking in at this group, and their reactions are are very telling. Some are positive to negative; they they run the gamut. Some are very negative, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's. It's a very good, out of all of them, this one touches the most uh, issues in the LGBT community. Yeah. What was your take on this one, Melanie? That it's a very heavy read. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's also very realistic, I think, of people who are struggling with all different aspects, you know, gender identity labels, their sexuality, and most of all, the right time to come out. And that is different for everyone. And 
be aware yeah. of some forced outing in this in this yes um and even by another lgbtq person who felt that this person needed to come out and didn't take into account that everyone's on their own timeline um yeah, yeah. So it was very very angsty and emotional um and another another one where people are just human and um i just found it very very heavy uh yeah. so much enjoyable but <laughs> i did learn a lot and and how to and to not be an ally absolutely yeah so Mel melanie touched on a few things like the forced outings and things like that and people who think they have good intentions or things like that they're like oh i, I thought you'd want people to know and i was like well like on my own timetable right yeah uh, like it got better for me when I came out. So why don't you want to come out? And exactly. it was some of that and it caused a lot of problems and it is and not there, the right answer. Yeah. And there's also one moment where it's it's literally just an accident that happens. And um, he assumed uh, her father already knew and was talking to him about it and just like, Okay, and now it's now it's out, and uh, you have to have this very serious conversation. Your life is very different now, and yeah. it's just one person who was like, "Oh yeah, I I didn't realize." But uh, there are some powerful moments with this because yeah. some of the, the fellow characters in this house, like they go after these people who do that. Like you can't do this. This yes. is unacceptable. And yeah. so, like, you really see that perspective. And I think this is the author's voice coming through here, saying, "Like this, this is." This is bad. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. Like, this is the consequence yeah. of that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's where that learning aspect comes in of, you know, of, of allyship or even just supporting someone um, right. aware of those issues. And we also see a lot of issues where, like, you just don't understand, like, what somebody is and they may not understand themselves. And you may say something wrong, put your foot in your mouth on that one, and it will have consequences. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, sometimes you can reconcile. Sometimes yeah. you can't. And it's very, the whole thing is, and I, I say this in a positive tone, it's very confusing. Um, it's like they deal with someone, Sam, for most of the book, yeah. and someone is asexual. And their version of asexuality, and they even bring it up, is also a romantic. So someone, Sam, literally wants nothing to do with most people. And yet, someone also runs. Someone is the character's name, by the way. Yeah, we're not just like, what's his name? Someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she uh, she runs she runs this house, and it's it's her house that they all use as the drop-in house. So, someone saying clearly clearly still enjoys being around people to some extent, yeah. but the level of that is very much on her own terms, uh, and it's very. It's very interesting to see how that that changes throughout the book because even even someone said um, there are moments where they come out and they're they're actually showing some emotion as well, yeah. uh, especially considering one of the other issues that comes up is uh, elderly uh, uh, elderly issues in the LGBTQ community where one partner there is in uh is in the hospital and the other partner doesn't necessarily want to like impose himself on his partner's family 
right? Because they may not know and they may not understand. Yeah. And it becomes very much an issue of he doesn't want to hurt or extend any more pain than he has to at this point, but he's also denying himself a lot of end of life. Yeah, uh, coming to terms with. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's, there's so many issues and topics, and much like my brother's husband, it just sort of ends. Yep. <laughs> uh, you're roughly there for a year over the course of four volumes, and then at the end, it's just like, okay, well, life moves on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I have a question for you two is, who would you recommend this to? Uh, and I was kind of struggling with this myself because, like, you know, our protagonist is a high schooler. So, like, I could, I could totally see high schoolers reading this, especially yeah. ones who are kind of questioning or curious. Or, yeah. But, and then outside of that, like, I mean, we enjoyed it. So, yes. us, but like, like Melanie said, this is, a, this is a heavy read. It's not one you're going to read and go, like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, this is this is definitely not a like a pleasure read. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw some reviews that said, "Oh, I would absolutely not recommend this for teens," but it is marked as teens. I think thirteen plus, and I think teens can handle this. I think yeah. it's important for teens to see themselves in stories like these, and so. they're not alone. And so I would absolutely recommend it for, for teens uh, 13 plus. I don't know about younger children. Yeah, I, don't, I would not go any younger than that. No. Yeah. And I, I think because our entry character is a, a high school boy who is dealing with his own, like, coming out as gay, that it's very much, it's aimed at that target demographic of, of high schoolers. Um, now, obviously, uh levels of like understanding about oneself differ so uh it's not necessarily for everyone but at the same time it is it is a book that you can recommend to somebody who might be struggling yeah and i would juxtapose this with the one we were just talking about my brother's husband which i would say is for everyone yeah hey, it's like kids can read that and get some all ages yeah all ages so. with that one yeah. So if you're looking for a nice, good, feel-good story that's going to make you cry a little bit, let's be honest here. My brother's husband. But if you want a, like a one that's going to make you really think and question, yeah, then Our Dreams at Dusk is, is going to do that for you. Yes. Yeah. It's it's definitely a, a heavy, heavy story. <laughs> yeah. But that brings us to the last one we're going to talk about, which is Boys Run the Riot. Um, again, this one's a short, quick read. It's only four volumes, so not too much here. Um, and we do have it in the physical collection, but not on Overdrive. Um, Boards Run the Riot, is the synopsis of this is uh, it's an interesting one. So we follow a, a transgender um, boy as he, uh, as he he wants to be. Um, and he is struggling because he's previous to this been, um, been viewed as a girl and he does not like that. Um, so it's his struggle with that. But he meets someone in high school who really helps push him outside of his comfort zone and really kind of pushes them to come to terms with who he is and what he wants to do because they kind of connect together and decide they're going to start a fashion brand. Yeah, because clothes help you express who you are. Yes. And so Rio is the is the main character and they meet uh, he meets Jen and Jen Sato and on first viewing is sort of like if you read a lot of manga or watch a lot of anime, it's sort of like the typical like 
street tough high school character. He's, he is the delinquent. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he's the guy that looks like he might be in the gang outside of school. Except he's also really, really into clothes. And, like, that's his main hobby is, is collecting and, like, wearing different types of clothes. And he really, uh, really enjoys it. And Rio has, as Glenn mentioned, the epiphany that, that clothes help you express who you are. And clothes mean a lot to people who can't wear the clothes that they want to wear. Mm -hmm. So there's an extra emphasis on it. And through the course of the manga, we come across various other uh, characters who are dealing with their own issues, some of which are LGBTQ, uh, some of which are not. Um, Their photographer is pretty much just dealing with his own issues of wanting to follow his artistic dreams. And, uh, but you also run into a YouTube influencer who's gender fluid. Yes. And is dealing with the concept of, Oh, everyone perceives them as one thing when in reality, it's not quite that simple for them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of different issues that go on. Not as much as our dreams at dusk. Right. Uh, This one is a lot more, I want to say heavy focused on narrative than our dreams at dusk. Yeah, this one it has a very clear like plot and goal. Yes, yeah. Every every chapter and every step moves the plot along. Yeah, and and there's a quick note, and then I'll turn it over to Melanie so we can get her thoughts. But um, clothes, especially in high school in Japan, are sort of if you haven't if you're not super steeped in Japanese culture and stuff like that, clothes are very important. You have an assigned uniform you have to wear, um, and they are gendered. So this um, this is what creates the initial conflict in this. Yes. And then Melanie, let's let's see what you think about this one. Well, I loved that it was um, own voices, uh, trans character written by a trans um, author. Um, it was very realistic, and it, um, like Glenn said, it has um, some serious character development to it. So um, it it doesn't meander at all. Um, I thought it was very tight. But yeah. the that I enjoyed was um, is people who just want to be seen as their authentic self. Trans or not. Mm. And, you know, he had a certain persona that that maybe he didn't because he felt like he fit in either. Either, right. either straight guy. So, you know, so many people just don't feel like they fit in. And so there's a lot of power to the chosen family. Um, mm-hmm things like that. And it, there was some very, very good and I think important representation for trans and non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's more, there's some triggering content. I just think that readers should be aware of, of another forced outing in this one um, by another LGBTQ person. Um, so that's just something to, to be aware of. But um, I enjoyed this one and I think it's very timely with the fashion brands and the the power of social media and influencers. I think teens can relate a lot to this. Yeah, and and so on, on that force out, and like Melanie was talking about, that it, it is, a, again, in this, a serious issue, and um, it causes one of the main conflicts of this short little series. So it's it's powerful and it's important, and we really see um, all, of, all of the main characters involved struggle with what that means. And, you know, eventually coming to terms with, the, the, this, is, this isn't just out there, it's out there for, everyone because it's on a super popular youtubers website which is which is very different yes and i think that another another topic to broach is that this character who's a trans man uh is also 
like tricked into going on to a date oh, at one yeah, point. That one was. And while it works out for the best in the long run, the characters work through the issues pretty pretty briefly. Uh, it is very like heavy at the time. Uh, so there is there are moments like that. Um, I also want to say the art in all of these books is very good. The art in Boys Were in the Riot is in particular very good because it, it obviously deals a lot with, with fashion. So it has to get across very clear ideas of what these characters are wearing. Yeah. And there are some monumental like set pieces in this yes. that the, the artist has drawn for you because they're, they're artists in this themselves. And so they, 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 you see some of the stuff that they yeah. draw in world and it's, that's the artist drawing it, of course. And it's something that we haven't mentioned yet either. And I don't know if this is a translation thing, but a lot mm -hmm. of slurs in as this one and in our dreams at dusk, a lot of slurs. And I, if that's a translation issue or what, but I think people need to be aware of that if they're sensitive to right. the F word um, in the community, there's a lot of that. Um, so. Yeah, that's a great point. Melanie. I'm not sure where that is coming from. I'm not sure if it's translation or what, but yes, yeah. it's, it's there. So just be aware yes. of it. it. It is very much. And Part of it is like, is is the casual use occasionally, mm -hmm. uh, and part of it is very pointed and very like used um, to uh, hurt. Mentor, yeah. mentor hurt. It's, yeah, it's a weapon. Yeah, and it. So both of those are are very common, especially in the latter two. But if we kind of like, it, it, this one I feel like has the most like, most like heavily plotted of them all because we're yeah. following um, these these kids with a dream to make a fashion brand and like that's that's this is the forefront and the other stuff is the background so it's it's most like you're like an average story in that yeah the would... character development the character mm -hmm. arcs and you see them growing and changing so yeah really good I would say that uh, even though we're adults is very ephemeral almost like you're going in and out of their lives yeah. uh, and sometimes time doesn't seem to like directly flow one to one. Right. Um, but and then you go to My Brother's Husband, which is a series of different set pieces yeah. that express this overall story over the course of I think it's two or three weeks yeah, that Mike's staying there. Right. And then you get to Our Dreams at Dusk, which is also very linear but also features a lot of like, now there's the festival, now there's the wedding. Right, and it's, it's like snapshots of different lives. So yeah. it's not one person all through, it's this person and then picking up, you know, a month later of this person. Yes. Boys Run the Riot, however, is very like A, B, C. Yeah. You're following along with the chapters yeah. and you're watching them build this fashion brand and learn to express themselves. And that's, the linear linearity of it is very very apparent especially in comparison to the others yeah uh and that's not a bad thing at all this is a very good story absolutely yeah it's it's very tightly plotted it moves along at a quick yeah. pace you never feel like there's a bunch of fluff in there you got to get through it's yeah. yeah and characters who you see early on in the story who aren't necessarily um important for two-thirds of the manga become important and they've been there the entire time. And so it's not like they're just breaking out new characters. They're just revealing things about characters you've seen in the background. Mm -hmm. 
So it's it's a very tightly plotted, very well very well run ship. Yeah, and then the ending of this one, like all the others, it's it's very real. Like it's just yeah. you know that this is their life now, and you know not everything was resolved instantly at the end yeah. of this. Like there's still ongoing problems, which I think you know it lends it lends a sense of reality to it. That's that's a running theme for I think all of the books is that even though uh, we're adults, hasn't ended, but the other three, they just sort of end. And the characters are just left there, and there's no finality. That's that's the whole thing, because there's no finality to uh, the world in general. Right, yeah. These, in, in their endings, these are all very slice of life. Yes. It's just, you know, this was a snapshot. It's going to keep going. Maybe things will get better. Maybe not. They will, maybe not, you know. And that's that's the tone they take at the end of it. Like, yeah, maybe maybe this will get better. Maybe it won't. Maybe. Yes. That's life. Yeah. Unlike, you know, your typical fiction book where it's like, you know, you beat the evil wizard and then the world's in a better place and happily ever after. Or, or even romance <laughs> where, you know, it has to end in happily ever after. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's there the fantasy is. of romance and, and that these are not, I don't consider these romances, you know, at all, so... Yeah. Agreed. There are definitely romance elements, like Our Dreams at Dusk has a very lovely wedding mm. um, and a very heart uh, heart endearing uh, love story there within the other things going on, uh, but it's not necessarily romance. Right. Um, Boys Run the Riot is also not not really romance, I think, in any sense. No, and my brother's husband, all the romance, it had happened in the past. Yeah, it happened before. <laughs> like, there are some sparks that maybe Yaichi might get together with his ex-wife again, but if that doesn't happen, that's okay, too, because they've worked out their lives now. Yeah. Like, that's fine also. Yeah, I enjoyed their relationship as well, the the friendly um, oh, yeah. You know, it was it was a good. They were good role models for their daughter. Uh, yeah, and you, you don't really know what happened there. It's just yeah. you know, it did, and you know things are working right yeah. now. So, and uh, she doesn't. It, it's very easy to make a character who has broken up with another character and divorced them to make them a villain. Mm-hmm. She's not a villain. She's a nice person. Yeah, and they are both good people. Yeah, uh, yes, Yaichi's yeah, a good dad, and he loves his daughter very much. He still clearly cares for his ex-wife, uh, but he also understands she's her own person. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably one of the the best things about my brother's husband is that when they all go to the hot springs and it's just this fun family outing and she she basically spring because they spring it on her and she's like well i can do it immediately <laughs> and so they all scramble get on a train and go <laughs> and that's uh, that's uh, a very fun very nice moment um that's that's another reason i i enjoy my brother's husband so much is that because they're very like snapshot style chapters of his time in japan you get these very fun, very nice family chapters where mm-hmm. after a heavy chapter, you can you can have them just go to a hot spring and be like, okay, this is nice. Right. <laughs> yeah, so this has been um, our LGBT manga podcast. And as we have stressed throughout this, these are not romance. These are not boys love or girls love. These are, we, we feel like these are their own unique genre, which is why they got their own unique genre podcast. So 
we hope you enjoyed this. Um, and as we are all in agreement here, if you only take away one thing from this, it's that you should read My Brother's Husband. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, everybody, for watching or listening, I should say. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Melanie. We greatly appreciated your perspective. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.